Hello and welcome to the Diction Police. I'm your host, Ellen Rissinger, an American vocal coach accompanist on the music staff of the Zemperoper in Dresden, Germany. This week we're staying with Czech diction. This is the end of my interview with Lucia Ceralova, discussing the text to Jana Czech's Leti Straka Leti. This time we concentrate on the letter C, the J glide versus palatal consonants, and the voicing and devoicing of consonants. You know the phrase, fake it till you make it? There may be a whole lot more to that than we think. I found a blog entry about a Harvard social psychology study regarding posture, and they found that actual physical posture is linked to the endocrine system. Oddly enough, the study showed that rather than hormone levels changing and then a confident posture came as a result, if the person was placed in a physically powerful posture, in a ridiculously short amount of time, their hormone levels would change to correspond to that. To me, that means that if we act like we're secure, we'll actually feel more secure. In addition to that, people respond to each other based on these nonverbal physical cues. So if we see someone who acts like they know what they're doing, we relax and assume that they do. In undergrad, I studied Alexander Technique, which, if you haven't heard of it, is basically a body learning technique. From what I still remember, the basic relationship is how the head sits on top of the spine. It also talks a lot about the fight-or-flight response and how we get stuck in that. That just means whenever we get nervous, our necks shorten so that our bodies are prepared to either fight something or run away from it. It's a perfectly natural reaction that every animal has. Just watch Miss Kitty Fantastico when she's about to make a high jump and you see her entire spine shorten like a spring so that it can lengthen into the jump. We all have that same process built into us, but because we get nervous and then stay there, like in an audition, we don't lengthen out of that spring and our bodies aren't always functioning as efficiently as they can. Especially in an audition situation, this reflex is something to work out. We're all insecure. As I've often said, anyone who tells you that they aren't insecure is lying about it because they're insecure about it. So fake it, not with overconfidence, but with pure physiology. In your practice, find techniques that get you to stand up straight without tension and that give you a feeling of openness, strength, and relaxation all at the same time. Tie that into the breath so that before you walk into an audition, you can take a good breath and get your body back into line. Pretend that you are comfortable so that the auditioners are relaxed and ready to listen rather than feeling sorry for your nerves. The best example I personally have happened when I was first on staff at Carnegie Mellon University. My best friend and roommate at the time was still a voice student, and she auditioned for the concerto competition with a song cycle she and I had also performed on her junior recital. They heard one piece and then asked for the slowest song in the cycle. And somewhere on the second page, she lost her place completely. And I mean completely, like from the piece completely. My page turner looked at me in horror because whatever we were playing had nothing to do with what was on the page. And I mean that very seriously. We made up two entire pages of music, of French music, and it must have lasted probably a solid minute. The judges even had a copy of the score to follow along. And you know what? She won the competition. 
She and I never panicked. She never looked as though she was lost. She just kept singing convincingly. I just kept playing convincingly. And even though the music had nothing to do with the actual piece, the judges never even noticed that. They never even looked down at the score. They only noticed her gorgeous voice and that she made music. So fake it till you make it. When you're nervous, pretend that you aren't. And as all those endocrine glands kick in and the judges relax with you, you'll find that you forgot to be nervous anymore. I'll post a link to the text for today at the blog at www.thedictionpolice.com. Don't forget the the. You can also follow the Diction Police on Facebook or on Twitter at Diction Police. Our text for today is Letyi Straka Letyi, the 19th song in Janáček's song cycle Zapisnik Zmizeleho, The Diary of One Who Vanished. The poems were published anonymously in the Brno newspaper in 1916, and the author of the text remained anonymous until 1998 when it was revealed that the poet was Ozef Kalda. One thing that I kept forgetting to translate throughout the interviews were the words stimmhaft and stimmlos. Remember that stimmhaft means a voiced consonant or something that's voiced, and stimmlos is unvoiced. Letí straka letí, křídla ma klopotá, ztratila sa sestře, košulenka splota. Kdo jí ju ukradl? Aj, kdyby věděla, věckrát by se mnou řečňovat nechtěla. O bože rozbože, jak jsem se proměnil, jak jsem své myšlenky ve svém srdci změnil. Co jsem se modlíval, už se hlava zbyla, jak kdyby se pískem zhlibeň zařútila. That was Lucie Seralova reading Leti Straka Leti. And we had talked a little bit in the first interview about that R sound. And here we have a whole bunch of them after different kinds of consonants. So we have like the R with the Hachik after a K in the second line. Křídlama. Exactly. <laughs> Which I think is, is easier than some of them. Because it's two different parts of your tongue. I think this is the... Eigentlich sehr, sehr einfach. Für mich ist R immer im, im Wort Anlaut zum, sehr schwer. Zum Beispiel im Wort Rechnowat. Yeah, when we get to the seventh, seventh or eighth line mm. down there, exactly when it's at the beginning of the word, just to start that. Ja. Weil das muss gleich eben das machen und man hat keine Hilfe vorher. Es ist besser, dann, wenn vor R ein Konsonant ist. Exactly, so it's better, it's easier when there's a consonant in front of it. Wie bei Sestre, das ist viel leichter, das R, weil man hat vorher schon Hilfe. Aber Rechniovat ist wirklich schwer. Exactly, so and the, the other word she was talking about, Sestre, is in the third line, and there we have an ST in front of it, the same as we had in, uh, in Mieticku. In, řekni mu je, řekni. And she says, Trýbrný. Trýbrný, mm-hmm. yeah. And actually, I think we've discovered in, in, in going through the Schwanda, I think we've discovered our favorite consonant in front of it is a P, Pretz. Mm-hmm. I think that's the, the easiest one. Mit B, ja. Yeah, because ja, it's, the, it's the lips and not the tongue. Ich glaube aber auch T ist gut. Yeah. Spitit. Yeah, that the T in front of it's not as hard either. Mm. Yeah, because it's basically in the same spot, like we said with the D. Sehr gut. Okay, so the other thing we wanted to talk about was... The the zh when the mm. when the z has a hachek over it, 
Wenn mhm. zwischen, also das S mit dem Häkchen heißt Je, es ist grundsätzlich eigentlich stimmhaft. It's a, so it's a voiced consonant. Aber wenn es am Ende eines Wortes steht, wie Usch zum Beispiel, Usch sahlavas bila Usch, ist es immer stimmlos am Wortende. Oder zwischen zwei Vokalen ist es auch immer je stimmhaft. Mm -hmm. the, so between two consonants you can hear that it's a voiced consonant. But when it's at the end of a word or at the end of a syllable that starts with another consonant, then we end up, when we unvoice it, so in the third line from the, from the end, we have ush, which is spelled U-Z with the hachak over it. But we've, we've discovered a couple places in, in Schwanda too, where we have a Z with a hachak followed by an S with a hachak. Dann, And in those cases, dann äh, heißt das immer, wenn danach was Stimmloses ist, kommt, Nedrashi zum Beispiel, äh, ein SCH und vorher ein J, dann wird das J automatisch stimmlos, wie yeah. am Ende des Wortes. Ja, yeah, so when it's followed by a consonant that's unvoiced, it will always unvoice itself. Genau. Vielleicht ist es auch interessant, dass Tschechisch immer Betonung auf der ersten Silbe hat. Die Absolutely. Yes, so there's always the, the The stress of the language is always on the first syllable. And again, then those, those accent marks have nothing to do with the stress of the language. So it's not lecci. Mm -hmm, wollte ich gerade sagen. Right? Also es ist lecci, straka, lecci. Und die Länge der Vokale, hier in, in dem Falle ist das lange i mit dem, mit dem Strich. Das heißt, es ist langes i, aber trotzdem unbetont. Exactly. So you can hear it's a long e sound, it's a longer vowel sound, but it's still not the stress syllable. Die Länge hat mit der Betonung nichts zu tun. Das machen oft uh, viele falsch. Exactly. So the, the length of the mm. vowel has nothing to do with the, the stress of the word. Genauso in der zweiten uh, Zeile. Křídlama klopotá. Klopotá. Die erste Silbe klo ist betont, mm -hmm. aber trotzdem ist die letzte lang. Klopotá. And again, you can hear how open... Klo, Klopota, oh, it's not ja. I think the hardest one is Makropoulos. Makropoulos. I have a tough time with that because I want to say Makropoulos. 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 Yeah, Immer die erste Silbe betont. Ist es da, das, dann ist es eigentlich einfach. Since I didn't translate this very well at the time, what she said is that the first syllable is always the stressed syllable. And she often hears names like Janacek and what we in English call the Makropoulos case or in German die Sache Makropoulos. We often pronounce it incorrectly. Remember that the first syllable is always the stressed one in Czech and then it's pretty simple. Okay, so we talked a little bit about devoicing of consonants, and that works with every consonant, not just with the Z, with the with the hachik, but for the Z itself. In the fourth line of this, we have a Z in front of a an unvoiced P. Splota? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Aha, das ist auch wieder ein bisschen ähnlich wie mit dem Z. Z wird entweder stimmhaft, wenn, es, wenn danach ein Vokal kommt, oder ein stimmhafter Konsonant. Yeah. Aber hier kommt was Stimmloses, B ist äh, äh, stimmlos, deshalb Splotter. Yeah. Aber wenn zum Beispiel wenn ein B käme, was Stimmhaftes, Zblowjili, dann wäre das wieder stimmhaft. Ja, yeah. so Z, just like Z with the Hacek, when it's followed by something that's unvoiced, will unvoice. But if it's followed by either a vowel 
or another voiced consonant, it'll also stay voiced then. Zbl. Genau. Oder hier dritte Zeile stratila. T ist stimmlos, deshalb wird das Z uh, auch stimmlos. Yeah, so that's the first, the first mm. word in the third line there. You can hear, it doesn't even sound like zdr, it's stratila. And we have it with a voiced consonant, actually, yeah, yeah by the boje. Rosboje. Das muss dann stimmhaft. Dann wird so rosboje. Yeah. Bei B macht das stimmhaft. Exactly. It doesn't always work in reverse, though. The letter S which is automatically an unvoiced consonant when it's followed by a voiced consonant like we have in the fifth line from the end s v e m it wouldn't go svem there right it would stay svem mm -hmm. ja das liegt aber daran dass uh, immer sv mm -hmm. sm sl sn uh, immer als uh, scharfes s ausgesprochen wird in Zusammen these cases mm -hmm. yeah it was the s V, SV, SL, SM, SN. SN. So these will always stay an unvoiced S. Mm -hmm. And for our German friends who like to voice everything at the beginning of the word, even when it's an SEM, always unvoiced, right? So SEM. So SEM, SA. Also grundsätzlich, grundsätzlich stimmlos. Ein scharfes S. Ja. Exactly, so we do have this towards the end of the piece. We have Zbilla and Zmienil. Genau, Zmienil, weil M stimmhaft ist. Exactly. And here we come back to our M followed by E with the hot check. Mm. We have two examples of that in this piece. We have uh -huh. Promienil und Zmienil. Yeah, so you can hear there. Ganz there's two Ns Beispiele. in that word, even though there's only one printed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hier haben wir noch was Schönes, wenn nach V ein E mit Häkchen kommt oder wenn nach P ein E mit Häkchen oder nach B ein E mit Häkchen kommt, muss immer ein J dazwischen. Und zwar, dass man das deutlich hört. Wir. Yeah. Hier ist das Wirtskra. Yeah, so we're in, the, we're in the seventh line from the top and there's two things. She, she's saying that when consonants are followed by the E with the H check, which is the, the, the V, the P... A B, yeah, V's, P's and B's, you have to make sure that you really get a good J-glide in there. Vietzkrat, viet, viet. As opposed to when it's after an N, which is more nye, 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 nye. back to our same favorite sound. No, es ist bisschen, in, uh, bisschen anders eben. Yeah. Bei bie, 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 ist es uh, einfach ein J, was man hört. Yeah. Aber bei nye, je, je, ist es it's closer, it's closer to that right? Yeah. Das ist der Unterschied, was viele falsch machen. Exactly. What she said is that bie, pie and vie are different from nye, je and tje because the j-glide in the first three letters is an actual j-glide. In the latter three letters, it's not a j-glide, but rather the palatal je, tje, nye that we keep talking about. It's one of the things that many people get wrong. Sechste Zeile von oben, mm -hmm. da haben wir das wunderbar. Das Wort wie mit J, wie, je, la. Das erste mit J und das nach je ist es ohne J. Wie, je, la. Yeah, so there in that sixth line from the top you can hear the difference between a V followed by the E with the Hacek and then the D followed by the E with the Hacek. So it's two different things. The one has a much more of a J-glide sound and the other is actually taken into the consonant. The consonant mm -hmm. is different. Mm -hmm. But the other thing that comes up in this, this for 
American speakers is a CK. For us, would be just be a K sound. But CK in Czech is two separate letters. Then they would never, you would never look at this and say Vekrat. You would always say Vjetskrat. It's because the C has to have its TS phonetic value. Yeah, so the letter C is always C. Yeah, it's always TS. Yeah. So the C with the hot check over it is always phonetically a T, long squiggly S. And actually we get a voiced H in the middle, in the last line of this, we get a voiced H in the middle of a word. And then we get a real Z. But the Z stays voiced. Z, because the H. Daran muss man denken. Das H in Tschechischen wirklich stimmhaft ist. Wie ich sah, Hlava. Yeah, and the third line from the end, Hlava. So the H in Czech is a real voiced consonant, and you can hear how deep that sound is. It's very easy for us foreigners to either ignore the H or to just blow out air. But the H in Czech has a very voiced sound to it and its own phonetic symbol, which looks like an H that's rounded on the top. And since it's a voiced consonant, the Z in front of it will remain voiced. The letter C is a tricky one. Mostly because in most languages, CK works together to make one consonant sound. But like we said, in Czech, a C is never combined with a K. Of course, in Czech, CH is one of the standard combinations and holds its own place in the alphabet. And that sound is phoneticized as the Achlaut X. SL, SM, SN, and SV are always an unvoiced S. And there is a rule for this. Bear with me because it takes some time to explain. Most consonants in Czech are considered in voiced and unvoiced pairs. B with P, D with T, G with Ch, G with K, that rounded voiced H with the Achlaut X, the voiced and unvoiced R and Sh, V with F, Z with S, and the Z with the Hachek, Z, with S with the Hachek, sh. Generally, normally unvoiced consonants will actually voice before a voiced consonant, like we saw in the first Czech episode with words like gde, where, and gdo, who, where the K becomes a phonetic G. But notice that in the pairs that I listed, we don't talk about L, M, or N. They don't have a pairing, so these three letters won't affect the pronunciation of the consonant before them. And although V is on the list, for some reason, V is an exception to the rule and will also not affect the consonant in front of it. Of course, in this song, Gdo and Gdibi are actually spelled with Gs, but more often than not, you'll see, you'll see these words spelled with K. And in either case, they're pronounced exactly the same, so don't let them confuse you. B, P, and V followed by E with a hachek need a J-glide, as opposed to the palatal consonants. In one of the Spanish episodes, we had also made it a point to talk about the Ñ as opposed to an NJ sound. In Czech, if the N has a hachek, or if it's followed by an E with a hachek, it will always be the palatal N with no J-glide, and the same with D and T. But when other consonants are followed by E with a hachek, they do take a J-glide. The example we had here, 
Viedjela would be phoneticized V, J glide, the open epsilon E, D with the apostrophe, or that upside down F, depending on how you want to do the palatal D, epsilon E, L, and the bright A. And there you can hear the difference between a consonant with a J glide and a single palatal consonant. Since we were talking about the letter H in Czech, Lucia also had a few more comments about it, even though we didn't find any examples of it in this text. Es gibt noch, es ist aber in diesem, in diesem Lied nicht vorhanden, aber es gibt etwas, wenn im Tschechischen ein H am Ende ist, am Ende des Wortes, ja. dann wird das als CH. Zum Beispiel Buch schreibt man B, U mit Kringelchen und H. Yeah. Aber es, man sagt trotzdem Buch. Exactly. Das heißt Gott. In this, yeah, it doesn't happen in this song, but the word, the word for God is B, U with a circle over it and H. But that H will be pronounced basically like a CH would in German. So it sounds almost like the word Buch. Oder das Wort Sneeg, das heißt der Schnee, wird auch S-N-I-H geschrieben. Aber weil es am Ende des Wortes ist, wird das quasi stimmlos wieder. Yeah. Sneak. Sneak. Weil bei uns ist H, ist bei uns stimmhaft, ganz viel Stimme. <lacht> yeah. Und weil es aber am Ende des Wortes ist, wie die anderen auch, bei S und yeah. wird das wieder stimmlos. Yeah, so she's aber saying, nur am Ende des Wortes. Yeah, so she's saying the, the word snow, S-N-I-H, again, it'll be the same thing as Buch, Sneak. Mm. So we get the H sound because... The H, the regular H in Czechish is considered Czechish, in Czech is considered to be is considered to be a voiced consonant, and this is the unvoiced partner to it, which is a. H. Remember that the phonetic X in Czech is usually spelled ch, but it's considered the unvoiced counterpart to that very deep voiced rounded H. So just like with all other consonants. When H ends a word, it will de-voice from that rounded H to a phonetic X. Something we also could have mentioned with this is that just like CK isn't connected in Czech, neither is SH. These two letters will never be pronounced SH, the long squiggly S, never in Czech. They will always be phonetically separated. That's something we'll try to concentrate on in another episode, but I wanted to warn you before it comes up. And that's all for today. If you'd like to know more about Lucia Ceralova, or if you have any questions or comments for me, Ellen Rissinger, please visit the blog at www.thedictionpolice.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please go to iTunes and give it a high rating so that others can find it and benefit from it. Thanks for listening. See you next week.